0: You're listening to the Metro L.A. Podcast, an official podcast of the L.A. International Church of Christ. Good morning, family. I have the privilege of uh, presenting God's Word to you this morning. Thank you for all who are online visiting with us. Thank you for our Metro family that's watching online. And, you know, as you know, we've been doing a series called The Things That Jesus Taught. You know, Robert and, and Reese have been doing an incredible, awesome job, you know, preaching and, and teaching us the things of Jesus. You know, and today my title is Don't Worry, Be Happy. And I'm sure by the, probably in the middle of this uh, sermon or even right now, you're starting to think about that song. That don't worry be happy song and i'm not going to sing it because i don't want to discourage you with uh with my voice but i want to encourage you with uh god's words when he tells us to don't worry and be happy and you know his teachings is is that you know he's teaching us not to worry but to seek his kingdom and all his righteousness despite what we are going through so again this morning i have the honor to preach thank you so much for your attention i'm going to pray and then we're going to get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for just this opportunity to uh, present your message, God. I pray that you use me, God, I allow the Holy Spirit to move powerfully, God. I pray this message is, is moving, life-changing, and encouraging to all who are listening. Be with us, be with this time. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. You know, so why did I decide to uh, to, to preach about this message this morning? Is because So many things is happening in this world that that we could worry about, you know. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, I tend to, to worry a lot, you know. I tend to, you know, I'm on my phone looking at the news, you know, I'm thinking about tomorrow. I'm worrying about, you know, next year, just many different things I'm constantly worrying about, you know. And that's why I love the Bible, right, because Jesus' teachings was written, obviously, to a different crowd back then, right? but it never changed. It's, it's for us today. It's for us to, to, to apply and to, and to read and to act towards it today. You know, in our text this morning, we'll be coming from the passage in Matthew. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the chapter in Matthew, Matthew chapter six, verse 25 through 34. You know, in Matthew six, this is a part of, of Jesus teaching when he's with his disciples on the, on the mountain and he's, He's preaching to his disciples and teaching him these these things which we find in chapters five, six, and seven. And you know these are the teachings of Jesus. And he starts this off after he gets baptized by John the Baptist, and you know he goes into the wilderness and be tested. And and now he, he you know he calls his first disciples, and then he takes them to the mountainsides and mountainside and begins to teach them. And the audience there you know were able to hear his teachings as well. You know so. And that's what we know as what we call it, or the Bible calls it, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, in this sermon, Jesus teaches many, many great things, you know, about the kingdom of God. You know, how to live and act in the kingdom of God. He teaches about this upside-down way of living, this upside-down kingdom way of living. And it's for everyone. You know, and you think about in those times, you know, his audience, right, you know, he was talking to his disciples, but his audience was, uh, was, was Jewish people, and they were living under this Roman king, you know, and these people, you know, they were poor, you know, they were constantly have to figure out, you know, when is their next meal, and they just had all these worries where they would eat, where they would sleep, you know, and, and at that time, you know, it was where the rich took care of the rich, and the poor kind of had to fend for themselves. And, and Jesus comes in and he's, he's teaching this message. And it's going to begin in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 25. And he goes, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or worry about your body, what you will wear, if life more than food and the body more than clothes. You know, he's, he's telling them not to worry about their basic needs. You know, imagine what, the, what these people are thinking. Like, wow, you know, what, then how, what are you going to do for me? I know someone tells me, hey, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat next week or tomorrow, what you're going to wear. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, and Jesus, he, comes, he, he continues in verse 26, and he says, well, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store anyway in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valued than they? They can't count any of you by worrying at a single hour to your life. And do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendors was dressed like one of these. If that's so, I'm mean, sorry, verse 30, If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry about saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For even the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Isn't that amazing? He, He gives a great example on how he can provide for us and how he can... Just how he provide for the, provide for the birds and, and clothe the flowers. And Jesus is like, you know what? You're more valuable than that because you are my creation and I love you. And he's saying, don't worry about that. I will take care of you. you know, and I feel like you know, when I start worrying, one thing that comes to my mind is that you know, it, it kind of reveals what I value. You know, Matthew 6.25 is probably perhaps the most quoted verse about worrying in the Bible. Why? Because it challenges us to trust in God. It challenges us in a new way of thinking. And the way of thinking is that to see things through God's eyes and not mine, not ours. You know, our view, my view is worrying that comes with probably anxiety, fear. You know, and and God's view is he calls us to, to seek him. You know, he calls us to to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, you know, he, he, he tells us not to worry, you know, we're going to, we're going to go into that and, and, and dig a little deeper on what does that mean to, to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, you know, early in, early in a couple of verses or early in a couple of chapters, he said, like, where your heart is, there will be your treasure, you know, and it's, we really have to prioritize, you know, what we value the most you know we do we value the things of this world or are we going to value God you know he taught us that we live I mean he thought he taught us that what we value will become what we prioritize so if we value the things of this world like I said before more than God calls us if we value the things of this world more than what God calls us to value we'll be you know anxious anxiety will probably creep in fear you know different things will will creep in if we kind of put that before God, but there are some things that we value in this world that that means much to us, and what are some of those things may be? It may be money, uh, reputation, perhaps, a relationship, you know, and the list goes on, and when these things we value is kind of threatened or, or doesn't go our way, you know, we view that we can start worrying, you know, we can put God second. We can put God third. We, you know, we don't put God first. You know, when when these these t- different things that we value are threatened, we kind of just like, oh, I'm just going to focus on this right now. You know, but when our hearts is aligned with what God values, we will view the da- all the dangerous things that, that that we're afraid of and all the different things that we're worried about. We'll, we'll kind of put a backseat to that, right? And then we'll kind of put God first in that you know and Jesus he tells us not to worry and gave great examples on how he will take care of us you know that's that's Jesus part right so what's our part you know the message is not to worry but in the practical that I'm going to talk about next is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness which we read in Matthew six thirty-three you know, Jesus presents this new way of living, right, not under this Roman king where these Jewish people was living under, but a new way of living in, which is the true king, which is him, Jesus Christ, and he says, you know, we must seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, so what does it mean to, to, to seek, right, the definition to that is to seek something to earnestly look for it with expectations of finding it, you know, sometimes we, Unfortunately, unfortunate, we can not see God. You know, we can want to seek our own, our own things. You know, we don't want to put God first, so we'll seek everything else before God. You know, um, have you ever heard of a game called hide and seek? You know, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, brag a little bit here, if I will. You know, I, I was known as the hide and seek champion. You know, what I mean, at, at, when I was in my, uh, in, in school. You know, we used to have this thing called recess. I don't know if, if it's still called that right now. But me and my buddies, we would go out, play. You know, I would be in the classroom and just, you know, staring at the clock, waiting for that bell to ring. And we all would, would just run outside and, and start doing what we have to do. And we had this game called hide and seek. And, you know, we all would go, some of us would go hide. And and I was the only one that would never be found. You know, and I thought, thought to myself that I'm going to hide somewhere where nobody would even guess. And guess where that was? I would hide right back into the classroom and I knew my friends would know that Casey would never go back to class during recess. And I was like, "Ah, I'll show you." You know, so I went there and I'm sitting there and the teachers they're cracking up and they're looking for me and they never found me. So I claimed that title. You know, it wasn't a title that, you know, they gave to me. I just claimed that title. You know, but God, God is not hiding from us, right? He He's revealed to us by Jesus and we make a decision, you know, when we study the Bible and we decide to to give our life to God, we say these words, you know, um, Jesus is Lord of our lives, you know, that's like our, our true confession when we get baptized and we give our life to Jesus and now we understand, we learn how to live in the kingdom, you know. In Jeremiah 29, 13, you know, one of my favorite passages says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart you know this passage here in context we we know that god's people right they're they're captured by the babylonians for 70 years and they get this message saying you know for i know the plans you know we know the scripture right it says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you you know to to not harm you to give you hope to give you a future you know then will you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and then we get to this verse 13, it says, you will seek me, and find me, and when you seek me with all your heart, you know, and I, when I think about this passage, you know, be, think about the people being captured for 70 years, and then hearing this, I know for me, I'm just like, uh, you know, that maybe it's a little bit too late to hear that, but I, I think about what Jesus, what God really meant, you know, he He didn't come to just remove them from that, or to just kind of take them out of that, you know, he said, I will be with you through this, I'll work, you know, if, you know, I'll be with you through this hardship, you know, and, and for you to have a different mindset in, in, in these times, not to constantly be stressed out, constantly be worrying, just to know that I'm in control, and I'm, I'm, I'm there for you, so it kind of reminds me of the scripture in, In uh, Romans 8, 28, you know, it talks about uh, God works out the good for those who love him, you know, and and yeah, God works it out for us. And and yes, we have to love him. But those some of the things that God's worked out is work out for us. It's not always good things, you know, because God works. And when things are bad and he's working through that, when we're going through different things and when we're starting to worry about different things, you know, God, you know, he 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 works through that for us. And all we have to do is have a different mindset. You know, the kingdom mindset is to seek him first and put all that stuff second and know that he will be in control. You know, so here in Matthew six thirty-three, the word seek means that one that one is to pursue something and to keep on pursuing it without stopping. You know, like I shared about my hide and seek game. You know, God is not hiding from us. You know, we have to seek him. And when we seek him, as the scripture said, with all our hearts, you know, we will find him. And he will reveal himself to us. But we must seek him, as he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So what does that mean to seek the kingdom? You know, and I'm going to take some time just to talk about these two things. What does it mean to seek the kingdom and what does it mean to seek his righteousness? You know, and I believe this is probably one of the most important thing as a disciple to learn and to put into practice. Why? Because it's, it's Jesus' message. It's what he, he teaches us, to rely on him first, to to put him first above everything else. You know, I think about when, um, there's this analogy that, I, that I've came across, and basically, you know, this guy, he's giving this, this person, like, all these things to hold. He's giving him, like, a phone, or book, or, or pencil, uh, you know, all these things. And he has to kind of juggle it, right? And but he gets like this this platform and he tells him to put everything on it and then hold it, you know. And then when he does, does that, it's more easier to carry now instead of trying to juggle everything. And God is that. That's who God is to us. You know, he's the, he's the one that keeps it all together. And he tells us we have to seek him. That way he can work in our lives. You know, so how can we seek the kingdom of God? You know, what is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is is God's rule and reign here on Earth. You know, God's kingdom points directly to god's kingship you know his rule his action overall you know as we decide as we decide to get baptized we get baptized into his kingdom here on earth and then as we we live out you know his word and and we follow his his teachings one day we make it into the kingdom of heaven amen you know and the greek word for kingdom is is by by uh Basilia. You know, I've been practicing to say this word all day, you know, but that's that's the Greek word for the kingdom. And Jesus, you know, we I talked about this earlier. His original audience was more of a Jew was Jewish. You know, and their lifestyle was entirely different than probably what our lifestyle is today. You know, their lifestyles will probably be more of an agricultural lifestyle. More than ours will be more more different. You know, I would probably say technology lifestyle or or what's new lifestyle, you know. But it was totally different, and I'm not dismissing that our worries is different than theirs. You know, I know we all have different worries that, that does you know that that makes sense you know there's a lot of things for us to worry about, you know, but these people imagine Jesus telling them that you know these people under these this Roman king who uh did their who were their king, you know Caesar you know that was their king, you know and then you have jesus he 's coming in and he's proclaiming the kingdom of God and and revealing himself as the true king and to live in this way and imagine what these people are thinking, you know like wow, like. Finally, someone who comes in, someone who who will rescue us, someone who cares for us. And and Jesus is telling them, you know, I, you know, don't worry about your basic needs or your daily life needs. I'm here. Seek me first. You know, seek my kingdom, seek my righteousness. And, you know, I think about it's not that Jesus don't want them to worry. He just don't want them to put that above him, because I think I know for me, there's lots of times where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about different things. I'm stressed out about different things. And, you know, I call the brother and he like, bro, did you, did you pray? You know, did you pray to God? And something about when I'm praying to Jesus, it, it I kind of feel better. And I'm, I'm ready to handle that situation with a different mindset, you know? So what happens when we're worried? If we're not careful, you know, all these worries and all these things will crowd out the the kingdom interest and that's what we'll be stuck on All right? so by putting the kingdom first we know that we stay rightly aligned with God while still meeting our daily needs you know so that's what it means for us you know it means for us to to pray more to to trust in God's plan more you know to know that like the scripture I just read in Jeremiah you know he has a plan you know and his plan is not to harm us you know and also Jesus, his part of his message, or a lot of his message was about the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at two scriptures here. One, and the first one is in Luke four forty-three, And it says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. You know, his message was the good news of the kingdom of God. That was very important to Jesus. Let's look at another scripture in Mark chapter one, verse 14. It says after John was put into prison, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. "The time has come," He said, "The kingdom of God has come there. Repent and believe in the good news." You know, the kingdom of God was, was, the, was Jesus' top, top priority to make sure the people understand and have that opportunity to live a part, to be a part of this kingdom." And you know what what happens when when we don 't put god 's kingdom first you know here 's a a great example here in the Old Testament the book of Haggai uh, chapter one verse nine, and it says, "You expect much, but see it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. why declares the lord god, the Lord Almighty because of my house, which remain in ruin while well, each of you is busy with your own house you know and in a little background what 's happening here you know god 's people has been been rescued been free from babylon you know the persians the persians persia came and took over and went to war with them and, and the people were free and and kind of getting back to their normal life and and god is like you know what his house remains in ruin you know and the reason for that is is, is obvious you know these people was neglecting to work and to rebuild the temple that God has called them to do, you know, so they neglect what they were supposed to do, and they kind of were so busy with, with their own affairs, you know, with, with their own problems, with their own taking care of their and didn't have time to do the work for the Lord, so so God comes and gives them this message, and he tells them, you know, uh, you, you're worried about your own business and not worried about god's business not worried about the the kingdom you know they're they're more worried about building up their own kingdom and not building up the kingdom of god and what did god do you know he sets them straight you know and i think sometimes for us we got to understand the importance of putting god's putting uh seeking god's kingdom and putting god first you know so what what are some ways that we can seek god's kingdom i know like okay i understand that we have to put god's kingdom first but how what are some ways we can do that well, reading our Bibles, you know, it's, you know, being a part of God's kingdom, seeking God's kingdom. We really have to understand who God is and we have to be in our word daily, not to not one day I'm in my word and the next day I'm not, but it's a call to be in our Bibles daily because with that, we have to obey God. You know, we have to live in obedience, you know, and then prayer. We have to have this relationship with God, you know, like we we. We communicate with God through prayer as God communicates with us through his word, you know, loving one another, loving others, you know, even even take it to another level. The Bible tells us to love our enemies, you know, so it's important that we practice the love of God and serving one another. I know when you hear about seek the kingdom, you think about, oh, you know. You know doing all this stuff in you know in the church and, and serving in this capacity and doing that no, but serving one another as a family, you know as the saying goes when when one has victory and, and, and something great happens, we all celebrate with that person and one, and when that person is mourning and in the, in a the tough situation we we comfort and we 're there, and that 's why I love god 's kingdom because we have this high standard of living where we love one another and we take care of one another you know, our our brother Kevin Armstead had had recently lost his dad, you know, and one of the great things about our kingdom is that we have, he has brothers and sisters who call him, you know, I remember hearing the news and seeing from, you know, we're at a park service and seeing the brothers and sisters surrounding him and praying with him and and lifting him up, and, and that's how we serve one another. We We're there for one another when we're in need and we celebrate with one another when things are going good, you know, and also spreading the good news, you know, um, sharing with our families, you know, sharing with our friends. You know, this message is not just for us. You know, who else can who else wants to hear this message that's going through a hard time that don't really know Jesus? you know, and and it's good to present and to share God's word with others, what we have been learning, you know, to spread the good news. So it's to learn, to know, to understand, to apply, to practice God's word daily. Next, what does it mean to seek righteousness? You know, I believe seeking righteousness is a ongoing thing right it's something that we live out in our daily lives you know we we seek his kingdom by by understanding God's rule ruler in our lives and understanding we have a high certain standards of living and also seeking righteousness is something that we got to constantly be doing being right with God and I mean being right with God in every situation right right being right with god when we are in our workplace you know sometimes you know a lot of stuff going on in our secular jobs you know and and we're challenged in different areas you know and but we have to practice righteousness in our workplace you know in our homes you know with our family with our wives with our kids you know with with our siblings you know whoever you know in your household you know living out practicing righteousness you know when we're on the roads and the highways you know I know when some you know people you get cut off and you get upset about it but being righteousness even in that practicing practicing righteousness even in that you know in the supermarkets and so it could I could go on and on but the point is to live everyday righteousness live right before God each and every day so it's important that we get right with God you know changing our ways that are not of God to the way of God you know I was thinking um what does that mean for me right when I personally you know it's for me to doing what's right you know correcting what's wrong and repenting and doing what's right not only in the eyes of God but in the eyes of others you know being honest being truthful you know there's this commercial um, I saw a couple of years ago, I haven't seen in a while, but basically it's this commercial and, and it's this basketball game going on and you probably already know I'm going with this and these two teams, they're going at it, you know, and, and I, you know, they didn't really show the score, but you know the game was intense, so they were probably really close um, maybe even tied, I don't know, you know, but basically the the ball goes out of bounds and the two, the two players from the different teams went and chased it down and basically the ref the rough job in this position, right, is to find out to kind of view who touched the ball and make that decision to give the team the op- give the opposite team, give the other team the the possession of the basketball. So what happened was, you know, the the guys, you know, they they got the possession and they're they're in a huddle, and and one of the players who were who were in that situation when he w- went after the ball with the other t- with the other opposite team uh, player, he goes, I touched it, you know. To mind you, the opposite team got the call. You know they, they you know they didn't have the ball anymore. So this this team here they had the ball, but the player he was just like you know I touched it, you know and, the, and his you could hear his teammates come on man like it's okay we got the call we got the ball you know and and I you know you see the frustration in these guys but this individual he says I touched it, and his coach kind of looked at him and he runs over to the ref. And he tells the ref the truth, and giving obviously giving the opposite team the ball. I know for me, I would be like, "Man, what are you doing?" You know, like one. I don't know if this was a championship game or what, but he had he set himself right. You know, he he practiced righteousness to get right because he know in his heart that he touched it and that the ball belongs to the other team. And you know, that's and that's righteousness right there. You know, I think about a scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11, it says, See what godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourself, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. You know, Paul, you know, he was encouraged by this church repentance, you know, after he corrected them and and now he's lifting them up for having godly sorrow and wanting to be right with god and to see justice done you know righteousness is something that cannot be earned you know it cannot be earned through through hard work you know it's it's who we is a gift from god you know it's who we who we are who we're supposed to to be you know we don't do anything to earn it it's it's who we are and who we're supposed to to be in the kingdom and god calls us to seek that you know in james 516 it says therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed and it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective you know god calls us to be right so that our prayers can be heard that our prayers are not hindered by 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 sin or by deceit or by lies you know god calls us to be honest to be truthful, to be right before Him. That way, our prayers. This is the prayer of a person, or a prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, in Matthew five six, you know, this is a one of one a, one of the messages from the Sermon of the Mount. You know, and, and Jesus here, He's saying, "Blessed those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." You know, we have an we have to have an appetite for spiritual things. Amen. You know. IHOP, right? Used to have this. Uh, I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have this this slogan: say, "Come hungry, leave happy." You know, so if you if you come hungry, you're ready to eat. So then you leave happy with a full stomach, right? You know, when we approach God's kingdom, when we um, approach His righteousness, we have to continually hunger for it. You know, we don't we don't leave satisfied, right? You know, we don't say, "Oh, I had too much of righteousness; like I'm good." No, we we constantly hunger. We constantly for righteousness you know we seek righteousness and we live by it by a higher standard pleasing to god and not ourselves you know see when we see god's kingdom and his righteousness god says it in this right here in verses 33 he goes but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness we read that but then he goes on saying and all these things will be given to you as well so therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has its trouble of its own you know so when we see God's kingdom and his righteousness we have to realize that both go hand in hand you know God's kingdom and his righteousness you know we can't pick and choose which one we want to live out we have to live out both you know but what can be what can be holding us back you know I know for me it could be many things that hold me back it can be fear you know it could be sin it could be lack of trust discouragement, distraction, you know, distraction is probably one of the biggest things because I could get so distracted by the worries of this world, you know, and I, I could be afraid of what I may find, you know, I, You know, obviously when we seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, it challenges us to live differently, but also reveals our hearts, you know, it reveals things inside of us, and I, I know for me, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that, you know, but I, I'm grateful that I'm able to hear, hear God's message and repent, you know, I think about you know, this game I play with my daughter, Hide and Seek. I know I told you guys I used to do that in back in my school days, but I, I still do it now because when you start having kids, you know, you become a kid again. You know, you start playing games. You start singing songs. You know, there's times where I'm driving and I'm starting singing, singing her songs. You know, but nonetheless, I, I you know, we play hide and go seek and, if I'm away from my daughter for a period of time, she'll come looking for me. You know, So I automatically knew, like, if I kind of sneak away and I go hide, she's probably going to notice I'm gone and come look for me. And, and I would be in view. I would see where she's coming from, and I would see her little foot coming, and she kind of will peek in the doorway because she knows if, if she comes in, I'm going to jump out and, and scare her. And I'm not, you know, there's no child harm here. You know, it's just fun and games. And she laughs, you know, she's not really scared, but she knows what's going to come. You know, or sometimes she will get distracted. You know, she would see a toy or see something and I see her pick it up and then just go back. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, I guess the game is over. You know, and that that she gets very distracted, you know, but for us, you know, we can get distracted sometimes about different things. You know, when it comes to seeking God, because we're when we're seeking God, he's not hiding from us. Like I said before, you know, he he reveals himself to us you know and some of us you know we may have toddlers attention span a toddler's attention span when it comes to seeking god you know because we can get easily distracted you know so we shouldn't be afraid we shouldn't be distracted what should we do is to seek god and his kingdom you know and understand that this is how we should live and act accordingly and jesus teaching us to to stop worrying and to seek him so don't worry and be happy. And if that song is still stuck in your head, I do apologize. But I pray that this message was encouraging to you. I pray that it builds your faith. I pray that you can um, continue to, to trust in God with so much things that's going on in this world and continue to, to, to learn to uh, live in God's kingdom and, and continue to seek him and his, his kingdom and his righteousness. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you have an amazing Sunday. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.